Space. I am Kim Kral. I am reporting to you, not live from my closet. What's up, every? What's up, everybody? What's up? What's that? Is that a cheerleading thing? I don't. What's up, everybody? What's up? Um, I think you know. It's in my head every time I say do that, and I just thought this time I would just go for it. Um, I don't, did I ever tell you guys I was, I guess Robin running. Um, did I ever tell you guys I was a cheerleader in high school and I wasn't, I'm sure it's come up a bunch of times. I'm sure we've been doing this for almost three years. Holy shit. We've been doing, I've been doing crawl space. I say we, cause I feel like I have a community of listeners that have been loyal, loyal. <laughs> you know what I mean? You guys have, okay. It got weird really quickly. Not like loyal. Like you're like, you know what I mean? But I appreciate that you guys. I guess that is loyalty. I guess I, I guess that it was it is. But I say we've been doing this because I feel like we've all been on this journey together for like two and a half years, and I appreciate that uh, that you've that you've stuck around and listened. A lot of ups, a lot of downs, a lot of fun times. But um, so I'm sure in the time I've told you I was a cheerleader, and I was not a very good one at that. I was the one. I don't know if I ever told you this. So I was the one that uh, couldn't. I can't do a car wheel. I, I mean, like I haven't attempted to do a cartwheel in like probably 20 years and I don't have any desire to attempt to do a cartwheel. Like there's no, like when I was in Sagatok, uh, Michigan a couple of weeks ago, um, I can't say it without going Sagatok uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I, the one of the women I was staying with, the people I was staying with is Broad, um, who I love and I get to see on Tuesday and I'm stoked. Um, she uh, she was like, oh, it's a backyard. I'm going to do cartwheels all over the backyard. And I was like, oh, that's nice for you. She's like, do you want to do cartwheels with me? I'm like, oh, I don't know how to do a cartwheel. And she goes, oh, come here. I'll teach you. And I'm like, no, I don't. I'm good. I don't. I spent a lot of my high school years like having my father be super ashamed that I couldn't do a cartwheel. All the cheerleaders trying to teach me how to do a cartwheel. I'm good. I'm all right. I don't have uh, a lot of upper body strength. Like, I mean, I'm fine. Like I can lift, you know, I'm like not like totally weak or whatever, but I just don't, I don't like it. I don't like being upside down when I am the one who's doing it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't mind like roller coasters. I like going upside down there, but I don't like going upside down when the only thing that's, keeping, you know, between me and the ground, like that, my head and the ground crashing, my head crashing into the ground are my like noodle arms. I'm good. I don't like it. Plus I already get bad vertigo with everything, you know, that's going on. So I'm good. But I remember, so I couldn't do a car wheel. Oh man. And it'll go back to what's up everybody. What's up? Uh, I couldn't do a car wheel. And, um, so every summer we would have cheerleading practice, right? We'd have cheerleading practice for like most of the summer, five days a week. I truly have no idea why. Like now, like this moment I'm thinking like, what the hell were we practicing for? I know we had like camp and like, there was like competitions at camp, but like once camp was over, what the hell were we, we just practiced all summer long. Uh, we had to be there like 7am too. And like, I was one of the only ones that didn't have like a mom or like a parent that could just drive me to practice. Like most of the girls either could drive themselves cause they were like 16 and above, or they had moms that like took them to practice in the morning. And my dad worked at like 6am and I didn't really have a mom. Right. So I either had to ride my bike or take the RTD, which was the, the public transportation. And, um, man, I did nothing after that. Like, like I would get there and then I'd ride my bike home. And by the time we were done with practice, it was like super hot. And it was like, I don't know, it was like a 15 minute drive to like go to my high school. So the 
bike ride was probably an hour both ways. It was a nightmare. It was a fucking nightmare. And, uh, and so by the time I got home, I was so tired that I just laid around and watched Arthur all day, which I know is sort of embarrassing for a high school kid. But have you ever seen Arthur? It is gold. That little sister of his DW is one of, and Buster, the, the bunny that's best friends with Arthur. Those two are like one of the funniest comedic characters I've ever seen in my life. Um, but also there was like a mixed in of like depression and whatnot mixed in there and why I would just like lay in bed all summers. But that got sad really quick. Anyway, so one week, uh, like one, one or two weeks every summer, the gymnastics coach would come in and she would, she would, uh, she would like work with us on our like tumbling. Cause like when I was a cheerleader and I think it's gotten way more intense, I imagine uh, when I was, a, you know, we like had like our routines had, you know, tumbling in them like back handsprings and round offs and all this stuff. And I, I couldn't do those things. Um, and so every summer uh, it would be like all the other cheerleaders, like all the cheerleaders working on their gymnastics. And then it would just be like me and one other girl, like we'd get our own mat in the back. Actually for a while it was just me. And then when I was a sophomore, two freshmen came in who also couldn't do anything. So then we, the three of us would just be in the corner for two weeks practicing prep for, I'm using air quotes, prep for a back handsprings. And I don't know, truly, I don't know. Like now looking back, I don't know if that was just like the coach. The coach was an awesome lady. I, you know, I, she was always very sweet and very kind. And I don't know if that was like truly something that was ever going to help us. Or if that was just her being like, we'll just keep them busy in the corner. The, the kids who can't do the fucking cartwheels <laughs> can't even do a cartwheel i do believe that one of the girls who is like a giant man this broad this broad uh i wasn't really that tall yet but then i had kind of got a little like too tall like i was really really skinny so they always tried to make me a flyer but i was so like in like like uncoordinated and like fragile and i also like i wasn't i don't want to say malnourished but i definitely want to say that like i wasn't fed properly like my dad a lot would be like are you even gonna eat dinner tonight and I was like I weighed like 90 pounds at like five eight like that's not that's a like you should and I don't I don't know I mean like now that I've like been through like 12 steps and like worked on stuff like I'm like oh yeah there for sure was an eating disorder in there but not like the not like the like you know the um what word am I looking for like the clinical like like bulimia or, or anorexia. It wasn't that it's just, it was, I like, I, I would binge and then I wouldn't eat. And then I, but I wouldn't eat for like not days, but it was just like, it was more of a survival mechanism, right? Like I wouldn't eat dinner. So I wouldn't have to be around my, my dad, you know? Um, it's probably why I wasn't able to really hold the weight of my body up. But one of the girls that got really sad again too, whatever, it's a journey. Um, one of the girls who was in the corner with all the kids, the other, you know, us that couldn't do cartwheels, she was like six, two or some shit. And I think eventually she was able to do like, she was like determined to do it. No, I was just like, whatever. We'll just like jump around on this mat for a few hours every, every day for like two weeks. And then we'll go back to being a cheerleader. And I was not, uh, I wasn't a very good cheerleader anyway. I don't know, man. I, you know, I like there's, there's this freshman year video uh, so we had these videos that they made at the end of every year. At the end of every year, they would like make like a compilation video of the year. And my freshman video, I mean, all three videos are horrifying for me to see now because I was just so awkward and uncomfortable and just like, you know, like I just, I wanted to fit in. I didn't know how to fit in. You know what I mean? Like 
in our freshman year, my when, my freshman year when we were on the freshman squad, obviously the regionals, there were only two teams that were com- uh, competing, me and or us and like some other high school. And we got second and everyone was like, oh my God, we got like, you know, we went to school and we told everyone got second. And it was like, Do they, but they don't know that we were out of only two teams. So we technically got like only one of us could have gotten first and last. That's it. But there's a video of that. And I was so light that they wanted to throw me in the air, but I was so scared, right? Just so freaked out about getting hurt all the time, right? So I wasn't a very good flyer, but they had finally gotten me like up in like a stunt. They were able to finally like get me up there and figure out how to do it. And then the day of the regional, I fell. I fell while I was, you know, in the middle of the routine. I fell out of the thing. They caught me, you know, like it, we the show went on. But and then you watch the dance routine and I am gangly as fuck. And I am like in the back a half a beat behind everybody. <laughs> It's so it's like it's like I have those videos and I probably ought to find them and like put them on DVD because like I mean it's embarrassing but what was I like 14 and I had a slew of shit going on outside of just being a cheerleader you know what I mean like mom was you know doing whatever the hell she was doing whether it rehab AA or jail and Tom was you know trying to watch me shower so like I just look at that and like it was like you need to learn how to do a round off back handspring and I was like all right I guess I'll do that but then I you know I had all this and I'm laughing just because what else are you gonna fucking do man but the gymnastics coach I don't even oh yeah what's up everybody what's up I'm like how did I begin talking about this but the gymnastics coach so my dad like he like went in and like concerned talked to her about my non-abilities of being able to do any kind of gymnastics like he never wanted to do any work with me or like encourage me. It was always like an, an, a shaming thing. Well, you don't know how to do this. So I asked the gymnastic coach, she'll privately work with you. And it's like, yeah. And that like on the surface, that sounds nice. Right. And of course she said yes. And it was like, but I never, I never had any of the encouragement that like a parent, you know what I mean? It was just like, there was no, in, I, I don't know how to put it because I like, I always, he always told me, that it was laziness that I was like lazy on why I was never able to accomplish these things. But like I talked about like a few episodes ago, he taught me that if I couldn't do something right the first time I, I it wasn't worth doing and it would come with like a shitload of criticism. And so I, you know, I went and met with this, what was her name? It was like Amy, Miss Cooper. I think I don't, um, Amy Cooper. I don't know. She was rad. I wonder where she is now. I'm going to look up on LinkedIn. I hear LinkedIn. Uh, one of my, my friends that listen to this, he always tells me to look up on LinkedIn. Um, all these people that I'm always like, I wonder where they are now, but she was so rad. And, I remember I went in the first day and she was like, yeah, she's like, you have no upper body strength, like none. And I definitely had none then. Like now I have enough, like I can like do a push up, and we, you know, the pushups are a little, <laughs> a little sketchy, but like now, you know, like I, I like, but she was like, you have no upper body strength. So will you do 50 pushups every morning? Do that for a while and then come back. And I, you know, I did for a little bit and then I just, I didn't, I stopped and I never went back and like, and, it, and it's, you know, it goes back to the thing. Like I look at that little girl who wanted to, you know, fit in and be able to do these gymnastics and be good at something. But I was told that if I couldn't do it, you know, right the first time, then don't do it. Cause you'll be criticized. It'll be awful. Um, but 
I always think about that woman and how she, how encouraging how encouraging she was and how nice that was. And I always think about those summers where I, it was just me and some other girl who couldn't do anything. We just for hours would just like joke back into this thing. Um, but the what's up everybody? What's up cheerleaders? I don't know if they still do this, but the cheer like you know we'll cheer and then we'll turn and we'll look at the stadium or like so, somebody in the stadium will be like hey cheers and we'll be like yeah and they're like hey cheers and we're like yeah and then they say let me see your blah 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 like it's always like something like there was like let me see your michael jackson and then we did this like weird ooh, ah, ah, ooh and we like danced like fucking michael jackson i think we ended it by grabbing our crotches but not actually because we were high school girls um I remember one time. So I think it's what's up, everybody. What's up? I, I don't know, man. I think that's where I got that from. It doesn't matter. That was 12 minutes that we'll all never get back. I hope that was interesting enough. Oh, man. Cheerleading was a full. And all I, I mean, there were so many nice girls on the squads that I think like, because it was like I wasn't popular. And when I went into the whole thing, it wasn't like, I wasn't one of them, but there was a bunch of the girls that like would join the squad and wasn't one of them. And then by the middle of the year, they were friends with all the cheerleaders. I was just so shy and so scared of them. Um, my cousin, whose uh, best friend, her older sister is my age and she was on my freshman year squad. And, and her, so my cousin's best friend knows me as like, you know, how you guys know me, how fucking just who I am. Right. And, uh, but her sister was in my grade who was in my freshman year cheerleading squad. I was so painfully shy, like crazy shy. And I remember one time I was, so the girl, uh, the girl who went to, uh, who was on my freshman squad, who was my same age. She and I went to the same college and, and, and UNC. And one night it was like Friday night, Friday night. That's sad. I did go to parties a lot in college. So it wasn't, it was not like, it wasn't like high school guys, but, um, I think it was a Friday night because her little sister, who's like my little cousin's best friend, was in town up visiting her at college. And I had my dorm room door open and I and I was like napping or something. So those two come in and they're like, hey. And I was like, I remember I was horrified and not horrified because these two are lovely women horrified because the younger sister knew who I was and the older sister who is my age thought I was like painfully shy and I remember just looking at him and being like and uh like the young girl one was like aren't you going to a party tonight and I was like oh man I'm really tired or whatever and she's like what that doesn't sound like you and then the older one who knew me she goes that totally sounds like her and then they like looked at each other and I was like my worlds are colliding I I just remember like horrified of like I'm gonna be found out like the you know whatever doesn't none of, none of it matters none of it fucking matters um but every time i say hey it's girl space i think of that uh god man being in high school is just just i mean what a fucking trip you know what i mean like it's so sad and so wild and like because you like there's like there's like we're at that, you're at that age that you really just believe like, this is it. This is like, you know, you're told by like your parents who, you know, my dad had loved his high school days and you know, that was like a peak time for him. So just constantly told like, this is the best time of your life. You know what I mean? And it's, and I don't want to speak to how the rest of my father's life was and how he felt about different stages of it. But I do know that he constantly told me that my high school, my college days were the best days of, his, of, of, of a person's life. And like, can you imagine like telling a kid that, and the kid is like miserable in this time, you know, and being like, this is the best times of your life. And the kid's like, this sucks. 
And, you know, I mean, we had, we had a couple of kids kill themselves. Wow. Sorry. I took a really left turn. If you're new to the show, I've been getting a lot, since I've been doing TikTok, I've been getting a lot of new listeners. And I realize that there's some new people that aren't used to my like ups and downs of like, oh, we're having a good time. We're having a good time. Here's something tragic. We're having a good time. We're having a, here's something tragic. That's just how my brain works. So get on board. Um, but like, I think about those kids all the time, you know, cause like a couple of them, kid I went to, you know, elementary school all the way to high school hung himself when I was like, a fr- as when we were like sophomores and he was so popular. This kid was so popular. He was, he was like one of my best little friends when we were in elementary school. You know, there was like a, a group of us that like hung out and he was like, you know, he's cool. And then he moved away. I believe he moved to Philadelphia for a couple of years. Then he came back when we were eighth grade and I, I stopped being cool. You know, it was not cool in junior high, which was fine by me. I had a blast in junior high. No one, and I wasn't, I wasn't one of the non-cool ones that anybody noticed. I was one of the non-cool ones that no one noticed and I could just do whatever I want and be as weird as I fucking wanted and no one gave a fuck. You know, it was, it was, if you want to talk about peaked in school, like if you want to talk about the happiest moments in one's life, junior high, man, in college, one of my best friends, Amy, she would always be like, you talk about junior high a lot. (laughs) And I'm like, I do. She's like, and like really lovingly, like no one loved junior high. Um, I had three friends, sometimes four, and we just had a fucking blast. We, I mean, by blast, we brought our dolls to school once. Um, One of us laughed to the point of peeing their pants every day. Um, which is something I've definitely told you guys. Uh, another one of us, we had this math class where we sat in the back and we just drew dicks and boobs on the desk and we laughed until one of us peed our pants. You know what I mean? Like it was just a really solid time. It was just a solid, um, but like, but so this kid like went to, uh, you know, went away to Philadelphia. I know we're all thinking the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air born and raised on a playground where I spent most of my days. That's what's in my head anyway. Um, I just took a nap and I've been so tired lately as I've shared with you a lot. I'm so tired. Uh, but I took this nap and now, and then I also drink, I also ate like, (sighs) this was not the move right before I took the nap. I have this, like this non dairy cold brew boba ice cream. And I ate half of a pint of it thinking like I was so tired and I just wanted some sugar. And then, but I like knocked out right after I ate it and now I'm fucking wired and I'm like, fuck. So it was probably a combination of drink, like basically drinking a whole cup of cold brew and then taking a nap. And now I'm like, will I ever go to bed? No one knows. Um, but so he, uh, came back and, and, you know, he came back in eighth grade and he, you know, he's this tall, handsome kid and he comes back and he's the new kid. So of course he's like super popular. Like the moment he like stepped off the plane, I don't know, but the moment he like walked into the, the junior high room was like, who is Mark white? Right. And I remember I was like so embarrassed because I wasn't popular. I wasn't, I didn't, I had like this and like Mark was like, we were like friends in elementary school. It's so funny because we were like 10 years old, but there's a point to this. It's just like, God, we're so, and it, it's gotten worse too. We're so hard on our youth and we're so like, we like hammer at home that these are the best days of their lives. And bro, like that wasn't by far. I mean, I love junior high. Don't get me wrong, but I think my best days are still ahead of me, even though I've had some fantastic days behind me. You know what I mean? I don't think, I mean, maybe when I'm 90, I'll look back at certain points, but I won't look at, I would never tell a a child, this is the best time of your life. And then after it, it all goes downhill. And for a lot of people it does, unfortunately, but that's just our society. We just like way over, 
you know, fucking praise youth. And once people turn 40 or something, we're like, oh no, it's over. And if you haven't, you know, gotten your dreams to come true yet by 35 or you don't have a baby at 22, you know what I mean? Our society is just so weird about age and telling these kids that like, this is the best time of your life. So enjoy it. When a lot of kids are like, this sucks. You know what I mean? Like I, I have this acne, the period's coming, which is super confusing. You know I mean? All sort of, all sorts of things. Right. But so I remember being like so embarrassed and Mar and so I was walking down the hallway one day with this girl named Chantel and she was really popular too. And she was like in one of my classes and I don't know, she liked me. So we were like walking down the, down the hallway talking and then Mark comes out of nowhere and she's like, hi. And he's like, hi. And he's like Kim crawl. And he like said something and she goes, how do you know him? And I'm like, Oh, I've known him since like kindergarten. And she was like, what? And he goes, yeah, Kim was like one of my best friends in my life. And you know, and I always like, I like, I felt so proud. And so like, and I look back on that kid and like a lot of kids would pretend they didn't know the nerdy girl, you know, instead he was like proudly and he did that all the way until he passed away. And in high school, our sophomore year of high school, he hung himself. And that, I mean, I've told you guys that story, I believe where my mother, the night that happened, it was supposed to be my cheerleading banquet. So every year we had, uh, you know, banquets or whatever, um, where you like went over the year, I guess all sports, I think do that. And, um, my aunt Amy, who was like my mother, right? My second mother, I was over at my actual mother's house and, you know, getting ready. Like it was like the afternoon and I, you know, I was going to go to the banquet that night. I believe it was that night or the next night. And my aunt Amy called my mom's house and she was just like, Hey, Terry, uh, this is Amy. Can I talk to Kim? And my mom was like, so angry. And she throws the phone at me and I get on the phone with my aunt and she's like there, uh, your banquet was canceled. Um, a student in your grade killed himself. And I was like, Oh my God. You know, it was like one of the first, like, you know, deaths, like, peer deaths I'd ever experienced. Um, and somebody that I knew for a really long time, right. I knew my whole life practically. And I was like, Oh, who? And she goes, did you know Mark White? And I was like, yeah, I've known him since I was like five. And you know, she was like, I'm so sorry. And you know, you know what, what a mom does. This was my aunt, not my mom. I'll tell you what my mom did next. It was bananas. Um, but you know, she did what a mom did and comforted me and said, sorry. And I was like, yeah, I'll get, you know, we'll talk soon. I get off the phone and I tell my mom, you know, my banquet's been canceled. One of my oldest friends killed himself. And my mom was like, do you know, Amy didn't even ask me how I was. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> She's like, Amy has the nerve to call my home and she doesn't even ask me how I'm doing. And I was like, mom, I think she was more concerned about letting me know that someone I've known my whole life died. And she was like the least she could have done. <laughs> it was just, and she, you know, she screamed at me a bunch. She told me to go to my room and it was such a weird, confusing time because, you know, you're a kid and you want your mom to not be mad at you and you don't want your mom to be mad. And, and, you know, my mom's a bipolar alcoholic and who, who, you know, 
most of my life hasn't really been medicated correctly or been sober. And I can't, I don't remember, honestly, if she was medicated or sober at that time. I have no idea. It's been on and off my entire life. So I, I don't know. I mean, this behavior leads me to believe she wasn't, but I also, she's also a very selfish person. I realized recently that I don't think my mother has ever asked me how I'm doing. <laughs> like, how are you? I don't think she ever has my whole life. And that's, and you know, listening to that, it's, that's sad, right? That's so sad. But like, I've done so much work around it that I know it's not personal. I know that lady has loved me as the best to her ability her whole, in my whole life. That, that this is, this is the bare, the best she can do with her. You know, I learned an Al-Anon a long time ago. I love this saying. It's like expecting my parents to be parents was like expecting a paraplegic to play a full game of football with me. They just like physically can't do it, you know? And I remember hearing that in Alan on it and it gave me relief because it was like, because, you know, you grow up with parents like that and you, you take it on and you think like, this is, you know, I did something. I must have done something to cause this. Or if I was more lovable or prettier or smarter or had had better grades or could do a fucking back handspring, maybe they'd love me. And like, no. And it took me in well into my like late 20s, early 30s to really realize that. That was like, man, no, I could have been perfect. And those two did, they would have been the same because they did the best they could. And yeah, she flipped out at me and she told me to go upstairs. And like, I, I remember we had this cat named Jason. I named him Jason after Jason Bradford Priestley. His name was Jason Bradford Turner. Um, my mom told me I could name the cat and I was a big Brandon Walsh fan. Um, I had a cake one time with his face on it. It was, I mean, I think I was like 12 when I got that cake and it's still top three favorite cakes of all time. And my grandma used to like hand make all of my cakes. Don't worry, they're up in there too. But that Jason Priestley cake, <sighs> Some broad named Leanne Belk brought it to me for my birthday. I think it was her. Or no, maybe she brought me the card that later became the cake. It doesn't, it really, it truly doesn't matter. But I remember, I, you know, I want to, I remember, so we walked, like I was up in my bedroom and at her house and the cat Jason walked in as my mom's yelling and saying that, you know, I'm the worst daughter ever, all this stuff. All while like I'm trying to process this peer, not just death, but suicide, you know, and that's a whole other bag to unpack, right? And my mom walks in and she's yelling and she's yelling. Or no, my mom's in there yelling and yelling and she, you know, telling me she never wants to talk to me again. I'm the worst ever, blah, blah, blah. And my my cat walks in or her cat, our cat, whatever walks in and she picks up the cat and she goes, come on, Jason, we don't know this person and slammed the door. And I, I like, I got up and I had like a bathroom in my bedroom at her house and I went into it with a bathtub and I went in there and I shut the door, I locked it and I took a bath and I remember so vividly staring at my feet thinking about Mark White and not able to process it just unable and I don't think we ever talked about it again I mean I lay that was one of the last times my mom like really pulled one of her like you know the way she spoke to me that day because I didn't go over there for a long time and I just told and she you know she apologized she apologized like she always had and I just told her I was like you know you're not though. And, you know, I was a kid and I didn't understand mental illness and I didn't understand that, you know, being unmedicated with that sort of, that sort of, um, imbalance, 
uh, wasn't personal. Like, you know, it's almost like it, it's so almost, it's out of her control. She's powerless over it. But, you know, I told her, I was like, you're not sorry because if you were, you wouldn't talk to me that way. And, I, and you know, she, I, I don't know, she was sober for a while after that. I don't know. I don't remember her having any sort of meltdown at me for a long time after that. But, but yeah, I don't think we ever talked about it again. Any of us, you, we just went to school. They made a, I mean, and at school we talked about it. It was, you know, that, that was one of the, I have been to a lot of funerals in my life. A lot of them. Unfortunately, I have been, I mean, I couldn't even, I think I went to more funerals that I could even count on my hands before I was 10. You know, I mean, just, I've been to a ton of funerals. That's sad, but you know, it's just a fact. But I think Mark White's funeral was the biggest turnout I've ever seen. And it, and it breaks my heart because I often wonder who he would be now. You know, I mean, I don't talk to most people from my high school. Um, so I'm not thinking that he and I would have this like friendship somewhere. I do, I do want to look up his little brother and I think about this a lot. Um, so his little brother was like three or four years younger than us. And I used to do this camp counseling, camp counseling. I was like a camp counselor for a week in Colorado. Uh, you do something called when you're in sixth grade, you do something called outdoor lab and you, um, you do outdoor lab. And now I'm just thinking that I could probably look this kid up on LinkedIn and just reach out. And maybe that might be weird. I have no idea. At my uncle's funeral this last year in, in, in January, um, one of the one of the mom one of the moms of a girl I went to high school with um, was there, and she said she still keeps in touch with Mark White's mom. And you know, I asked how the little brother was doing, and she was like, "The whole family still." I mean, that's just a thing that you know. There's like a cloud forever that you you move past. And I don't know if that's necessarily true. I know people who've lost in the same manner, and they figure out how to. You know, Anna's family, um, I, I, you know, keep, you know, my, I, my friend Anna Land who committed suicide four, four or five years ago. Uh, God, no, it's four years ago at this point. Um, and her brother made a play about it. I talked about this in like seven episodes, uh, you know, a few months ago episodes. And, you know, and, and, you know, on her birthday, I always DM him. And this year I, you know, I DM'd him and was like, you know, I'm just thinking about you, thinking about her. Happy birthday, Hannah. I might cry. Um, and he was like, thank you so much because I always have this fear people will forget about her. And I'm so grateful that you always have her in your heart. And so I think like Mark's family, I, I don't know, the way this woman made it sound is that they just have this cloud still. And this was, God, I was 15. This is 25 years ago. Um, it just breaks my heart. But so we did, uh, I had no idea I was going to be talking about this today. So here we are. Um, but, uh, and this is about the port of uh, the, the, the program where I started to get like insecure, like, do I look crazy? Uh, but, but so, um, I, I, you know, I was an outdoor lab counselor, which is like every, every school I think in Colorado does it like a, when you're in sixth grade, you do a week up in the mountains and you stay in cabins and like, there's like high school counselors that like teach you stuff. I don't know. Like we like, we like, I, yeah, I definitely told you guys about this. Cause like you're in charge of your own cabin of like eight, six, like sixth graders. And so, you know, and it was such a like funny thing. Cause my, my best friend Aspen and I went and 
we weren't like the most popular kids at all in high school. But when we went to this outdoor lab, the sixth graders thought we were so fucking cool. And we were like, man, if we were in sixth grade now, I bet we'd be cool because we weren't cool in sixth grade. I don't think that's how it works. Looking back, high school Kim and Aspen, I don't think that you guys would have still been the way you were. But, uh, and so like the, the kids all thought we were like way rad, right? And I re- like I I told you this because I can't read very well out loud sometimes. Um, which now I I do voiceovers and I have to be able to so I have to I constantly practice it because I'm not very good at it. But I used to be really bad at it, right? And so I, one night, uh, we were all in the cabin, all the girls. I had like eight girls or something in this cabin, which blows my motherfucking mind now. Blows my mind that like I was like 17 and I'm like in the, and I think I started at like 16. I did 16 and 17 and I'm like in charge of these like little girls. I mean, there was like teachers that were there too, but they were like, they had their own cabin and we, it, it, it was wild. And I would like take these kids on these hikes in the middle of nowhere and like teach them about like deer scat, which is poop and like how to tell which one and like all the kids. And then it was just a magical time. Cause there was always, it was like Aspen and I, and then there was some like, popular dudes. And there was this guy named Adrian. I think his name was Adrian. I had the biggest crush on this guy. We're friends on Facebook now. Um, the biggest crush on this guy. And I got to be, we went to outdoor lab together and we were both counselors. And, uh, I don't know if he flirted with me, but I felt like he did. And he nicknamed me legs. But then when we got back to the real world, he was dating a cheerleader named Julie who didn't like me. Um, and I was crushed, but I follow he he's my friend on Facebook now. So there you go, 16-year-old Kim. Um what am I saying? Oh yeah, so I'm like in the dorm, you know, I'm in this cabin. It's just fucking wild. I'm like 16 years old in this cabin with these kids who are like 12. And in my head, I'm a thousand years older than them. And in their head, I'm a thousand years older than them. But really we're like five years apart, max. And they're reading Dear Mar Dear God, it's me, Margaret, which is like the the period book by Judy Bloom. And they're reading it and they ask me if I would read it out loud to them. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I could could probably, I probably could handle that. And after like two or three minutes of me trying to read through it and like it's now I look back on it and it's so sad because I didn't have parents that like worked with me. Like all my, like I struggled in school because I don't learn the way a regular person learns. And I don't know what that means. I probably ought to get tested for ADHD, but like whatever. And also I had a lot of disassociation because, you know, I was dealing with a bunch of crap at home. And instead of like working with me, my dad did send me to a nun for a while. That's a left turn. Uh, Send me to a nun for a while. Um, cause he got tutored by nuns when he was younger cause he went to Catholic school. And so he like sent me to sister Louisa who had, she had this tick when she'd read, she'd shake her head. No. And I thought it was cause she was always reading my writing and being like, no, this sucks. Um, but then she was, she would do it everywhere. And she just had like a tick where she just shook her head like that while she was reading. And my dad basically was like, yeah, will you help her? Cause nuns really helped me and she's not very smart. <laughs> like my, uh, my, my family for most of my life treated me like I was a very dumb person, um, which sucks because I, I internalized that. I thought I was incredibly stupid. Right. And, and it took me up until like, I'm going to say like a decade ago to find like, you know, it took me until like my thirties to like, be like, Oh, I'm actually one of the smarter people around. Like I'm a, I'm, I wouldn't say genius, but if you wanted to, I'm just kidding. But like, but, um, but like I, I couldn't read out loud, you know, and it would give me like horrible anxiety. And then these like 12 year olds are like, Miss Crawl, if you want, we can, we can read, 
we can read the book to you. You don't have to do it. And then like, I was so embarrassed, but now as I'm telling the story, I'm like, man, what sweet little sixth graders. Like, cause they weren't like, Miss Crawl can't read. They were just like, Miss Crawl, we can do it. It's okay. But like, man, man, oh man. Anyway, so back to Mark White. That was a, that was a left turn. Get on board. Like I said, I'm sweating guys. Um, I cannot wait until it's winter for like two or three weeks in Los Angeles in four months. <laughs> the end of January, we'll get some winter for two or three weeks and then it'll be spring, which will be fine. And then we'll go back to being hell hot and I'll have this sweat stash. Last week at the Bronco game, the Bronco bar, there's this broad. She is, it, this was kind of mean. I was like, we can't all be perfect. This, this, she's beautiful, right? She's like one of those broads that looks like she just like literally just stepped out of a television show. Like, but no makeup, no anything, just like very, very pretty. And I'm standing at the table talking to her and these, these Bronco fans who are also like my friends or whatever. I'm talking to them and I'm so sweaty. It's so hot. I mean, like my shorts, it looks like someone, I keep throwing this on the ground. It looks like someone threw a bucket of water on my shorts. It was so hot. And so I'm like trying not, and there's a guy that's sitting with them that I used to sleep with that like I still may be on the table. I might want to again, but I'm like pouring sweat and he's hammered. So it wasn't on the table that night, but I was like trying to like maintain some sort of like prettiness, you know, as I'm just like buckets of sweat. And this beautiful girl that's dry as a bone goes... And she, she like, she like, she like touches her upper lip, right? And she goes, you got a lot of sweat, like right there. I'm like, I know I have a sweat stash. Why do you need to point it out? Most people just say I'm glistening. Uh, like use your powers for good broad. I don't know her name. I think I know her name, but I'm also not going to say it here. Um, I do know her name. Okay. I was like, do I? So, uh. I don't remember. So sweaty. Oh, I'm so sweaty right now. But so I like, so after the outdoor lab experience, right? After you do the outdoor lab, the, the sixth graders send all their favorite counselors letters, you know, like thanking them or like, I had a good time or like all this stuff, right? I also weirdly, because of these, these outdoor lab experiences, cameras, like digital cameras were just like, just came out on the market and my dad had this really nice digital camera or you could like look at the picture, but you know what I'm talking about. That's, that's how long ago this was. And uh, so I got to take it out outer lab. So I was really into taking a bunch of pictures. And so I have in my apartment and I don't know what to do with them because like, I don't know who any of these kids are, but like, except for Mark's little brother, but like, I don't know what to do with them, but I have like 40 pictures of me as a senior or junior in high school with a bunch of 12 year olds like a bunch of pictures, like a bunch, a bunch of pictures. So they all send letters about how much, you know, whatever. And it was, it was after his brother had killed himself the year before. Right. And I was, I was this kid. I'm not saying his name purposely. Right. Cause I don't, um, I know he's not a little kid now. He's, he's like 36, but he sent me a letter and was just, and he wrote this nice letter about how, how much he loved being in my, my classes and how much he loved knowing me and, and that he knew how close my, his brother and I were. 
and I, he would love for me to write him back one day. And, you know, I was like 17 and dealing with a whole lot of other stuff and I never wrote him back. And I found that letter a couple of years ago and I was like, fuck, I should look this kid up, like this man up now, not being like, I found that letter you wrote to me when you were 12 and I feel like I ought to give you a response. Like not in a creepy way, but I don't know, just to see how the kid's doing. It's I just, that, that kind of loss, man. That was a journey. We started out with the cheerleading and then we wound up at Mark White. But I just think about like, we had a couple of kids that year that were friends with Mark and they made like a suicide pack. It was a weird thing. There was another kid that had, that was friends with him and hung himself like a couple of months later. And then a third kid, I believe came forward and was like, we made a pact and now I'm seeing how much sorrow this has brought to everybody and how wrong we were to have this. So I'm not going to kill myself. You know, like it was, it was, a, it was, it was really tragic and sad. And it's like, I just, I, I, I wish we would tell these kids more that like, it gets better. You know what I mean? Like high school is not, but then also my friend Anna was almost 40 and she'd been told her whole life that it gets better. And you know, she was, I think she, I think she was in 41 or 42. I don't know. I was a couple years younger than her and she constantly told me what a loser she was cause she was 40 and you know, obviously I, I would be like, you're not, you're awesome. She was one of my favorite humans I've ever met in my life. I talk about her a lot on here. She, I mean, also she called me a loser all the time. Oh no, that, that was when she called, but she called me a loser all the time. Cause she, she struggled with drinking and, and I would be like, well, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't drank in a couple months and I, you know, maybe we could just not drink together and we can do sober things together. And she's like, I'm not going to be sober, like some kind of loser. <laughs> I'm like, Anna, I'm not a loser. Um, but she, it's, 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 I, I will say, and I talked about this last week, I'm grateful that I have figured, not figured out, but I've been able to get a hold of my depression and, and work through a lot of my, my depression because suicidal e ideologies, that was my home for a very long time. Um, high school, a lot of my twenties, big chunk of my thirties, you know, it was, and I'm grateful because I grew up around so much mental illness, I knew that my brain was broken, you know, like I knew, like I always know my, it's not my mom, you know, my mom, my mom's mental illness is not her, her, she just has a, a brain that, that, that is broken and that, you know, can be helped and can be fixed. But I knew my, my brain was broken and it was actively trying to kill me. And, and, and I've talked about this a lot on here. Um, I, you know, I, I, I decided to tell literally anybody who would listen to me that I wanted to take my own life. And it did definitely make a lot of people not want to be my friend anymore. And I lost a lot of friends. Not a lot, like a handful. I have some, I, I most, of, for most of my adult life, I've had some really core, awesome, rad people that have come into my life. There's always, there's, there's been like four, like three or four on the outskirts that are like, eh, I don't know if you should be in my life. And then, you know, something like I want to kill myself and they see themselves out. And, you know, there's a couple people that when I was like telling them, I want to hurt myself, I need help. Uh, two girls, I've talked about this before, two women 
called me toxic. They were like, she's toxic. And you know, they're not in my life anymore. They're not. And I can't imagine looking at someone that I call family. One of the girls is like, you're like my sister. I can't imagine looking at someone that I'm like, you're like my sister. And them saying, I want to hurt myself and me being like, oh, she's toxic. I don't want to be around her. Right. Like I just like, I, and, and, and you know, a lot of times, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to like fault someone to re how they react to you saying that. So it's not that like, I'm like faulting them for not, you know, trying to save me. It's just, I, I, I don't, does that make sense? Like, cause Anna, Anna, not Anna never really talked about hurting herself, but Anna, Anna was one of the saddest people I'd ever known. And she, she did in a way, you know, and I didn't know how to help her. I didn't know how to help her. And I don't know. I just, uh, there's no end to this. You know what I mean? There's no like perfect round, round, like ending to this long starting out with what's up everybody. What's up to just, it's rough, man. It's rough being a human. And I'm just really grateful that I got people in my life that helped me when I, when I wanted to do that. And, you know, maybe we ought to stop telling our youth that this is the best time of their life, especially when there's a lot of kids who get bullied. There's a lot of kids that shit, like shit, like I had a lot of shit happening and being told this was the best that life was ever going to be like, what? I'm so grateful. I didn't listen to that. Like if you told if like a 16 year old Kim really believed that was the best it was ever going to be. And I had like maybe 80 more years left. I would have hung myself too. You know what I mean? Like not Mark, you know what I like with all due respect, but like, but like, why are we telling these, these kids that or anybody that I don't know, man, let's do a poop scoop. Let's like palate cleanse and do a poop scoop. I have a great poop scoop that I'm, I, I'm very excited about. Uh, but yeah, you know, before I go into the poop scoop, the I am unlucky broad is I'm unlucky broad that I'm here. I'm grateful I'm here and I'm grateful I want to be here. And if you're struggling with some of the shit I've talked about, you know, my email is always open. I'm not obviously a psychiatrist or psychologist by any stretch of the uh, mind, but I am someone who's walked through a lot of stuff and has resources that I'm willing to share because this shit saved my fucking life, man. And I am happy to be here. I am really happy to be here. So one lucky broad. I am one lucky broad. Did I ever, before I go to the poop scoop, did I ever tell you guys, or do you guys know this? When Betty White died, um, they, uh, they posted a thing that she always said and she always said she was uh she was a pretty lucky broad she didn't say one lucky broad but she called herself a broad and she called herself lucky and a couple of people messaged me and they're like is that where you got it from and i'm like no but i love that she also says that because betty white was one of the raddest broads that's ever walked the planet right it's the cool broad so uh i am one lucky broad i think that is going to be the name of this episode because i'm one lucky broad and thank you, you know, for listening to this. And I know sometimes it gets a little dark in here. And I appreciate those of you that stick around and listen to me because we're human, man. Being humans, being humans, not always great. You know, sometimes it's sometimes it's tough. But yeah, I'm going to look up that kid on LinkedIn. And I don't know what the fuck I'm going to say. Like, I, I think he's an adult man. I mean, I know he's an adult man, but it would be a weird thing for me to be like, hello. <laughs> 
You wrote me a letter when you were 12. I was in high school and I think about that a lot, but I think about his brother a lot, you know, and I think about his brother once a week. I, I wonder where he would be now, who he'd be. I wonder who all the people that loved him so much, how different they would be without losing, having that mark of losing him. You know, I think about that with Anna too, like who'd she be now and how different I would be, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's, I'm happy. I'm happy. I know that side of it, you know, and I'm grateful I got to know Anna and I'm happy. I know that side of it. You know, if my brain ever goes back to that dark place, I can think of this and, and if your brains in that dark place, you know, I'm happy you're here. I'm fucking happy you're here, man. Whew. All right. Well, let's do a poop scoop. Poop scoop. Okay. So as you know, I started a new job, right? And we have mentors. We have like, they're like basically like our trainers, but they call them mentors, right? Uh, I was told they did say that they were playing with uh, making us a family. And then they're like, that's super creepy. So he almost was like my dad. No, I can't even say it. it's super creepy. But so my mentor is this dude who is like, like at first I, he's like super low key. Right. And we only know each other on zoom. Like we've all only met on zoom, which is really funny because half of we're in like a pod. So there's like a group of us that he meant that he trains. Right. And we were talking about like, we were just talking about when we meet each other. And I was like, I know exactly what you're all going to say when you meet me. And they're like, what? I'm like, it's what everyone says when they've only met me on video. You're really tall. And they were like, really? And I was like, yeah, I'm really tall. And they all went, how tall are you? And I'm like, I'm 5'11". And they were like, oh, one of the girls who is a comedian and who I think we're going to, we, we just became new friends. I love her. Uh, she goes, oh my God, I thought you were like, she goes, you have the personality of like a five, six person. And I was like, I can't tell. Is that an insult? And she goes, no, like short people are like spicy. She's like, I thought you were like this tiny, spicy five, six girl. And I was like, no, I'm a big ass spicy girl. I think I said something awkward like that, but and so our, our mentor and everyone it turns out in my pod is like five, eight. And I'm like, Oh man, I'm going to be like, hello. Um, I'm Kim. So we're like, we're on a zoom. Like I'm shadowing an event, right? So there's an event where I am just like watching it take place so I can see how it's ran or whatever. So I'm shadowing an event. And when all the people go away to their breakout rooms and it's just the host and co-host and then me shadowing, we're sitting there and my mentor is the, the host. And he had mentioned in, like when he was running the show, he like mentioned poop. Like someone talked about poop and he was like, oh man, I love talking about poop. So one point to you guys or some shit like that, right? So of course everyone goes away. And of course I'm like, you love poop? I love poop. I have a podcast where I talk about people pooping their pants. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, like, I know this guy like one month and I'm so glad. So he's like kind of low key, right? Like when I first met him, I was like, I can't tell. And then the more I'm getting to know him, he's like low key, super, super funny. Like one of those people that's like calm and then just says funny shit, but like you don't expect it because they're like even keeled. Does that make sense? Like I'm like loud and in your face right away, but he's like, I'm going to hang back. And then I'm going to say he like my best friend, Katie is like this. Like she is one of the funniest people I have ever met in my life. And she's quiet. And so like, and she's one of those people, like everyone is confused why we're best friends. Cause I'm, well, I'm me and she's quiet. I'm like, she's, I mean, we're best friends cause she's one of the best people I've ever met in my whole life, but she's so fucking funny. And she's like low key funny, like this guy. So like where you're like, what? So, uh, 
he's like, oh man, he's like, I got a poop scoop for you. And I was like, what? And he, so he was in high school and I asked him if I could, I asked him if I could tell the story in the podcast. And he's like, yeah, he's like, you can tell them my full name, where we work, where I went to high school, all of it. I won't mostly cause I don't know how to pronounce his last name yet. And I don't want to butcher it, but I will, I will tell you next week. I just keep forgetting to ask how to say his last name. It's either Roke, Roak, no idea, or Rock, no idea. So uh, he says he's playing basketball when uh, he's in high school. Man, high school sucks, dude. That's what this whole thing is about. High school is so rough. Like we put these like budding youths that are like caught in between adulthood and childhood. And then we throw them in this environment, which is basically like, like I believe high school is prep for the real world. Cause the real world is a lot like high school. You know what I mean? There's clicks. There's like, there's hierarchy. There's like gossip. There's all this stuff, right? High school is just like a tiny, like Petri dish of how the world actually is. That's what I believe. And so then we send these, like these hormone bombs into like these like little Petri dishes of the real world. And we're like, have fun. And then we're going to tell you, this is the best as it ever gets. Of course, shit's going to go down, right? High school is just so rough. So he's like, I'm playing basketball. And he's already told us that he wasn't a very popular kid, right? which I relate to a lot. And he's like, he's like, I'm playing basketball and all the kids are all the dudes, you know, he's playing with a bunch of dudes and he's like, and everyone's farting as loud as they can. Right. Like they like are like, like trying to make the loudest fart of everyone in the stadium, like just blowing it out. Right. And he's like, so I thought I'll do that too. Like I'm going to join in. And so he, you know, revs up and he poops his pants. <laughs> <laughs> and like he says it's like a hard like one turd that comes out and it and he has basketball shorts on and boxers on so this turd just flows down his leg and onto the ground like a little ball like a perfect poop that comes down and he says he looks down and it smells real bad right because he's he's pooped poop when you poop your pants and you fart in your pants they're a very different smell i know we all know this and he looks down and he's like fuck so he just kicks it away. He just kicks it across the thing and no one noticed. But like later someone's like, Oh, did someone shit? And he's like, what? And of course in that moment you just play dumb, especially if you're not one of the popular kids. If you're one of the popular kids, you're like, I pooped in the gym. But if you're not one of the popular kids, you play dumb forever. Oh man. And I laughed so hard. I, it made me love this dude so much more and I already love him quite a bit. He's a rad guy. Oh, so good. It was so fucking funny. And then it reminded me of a girl that I used to be friends with years ago. And we're, you know, she is, she has moved on. We have moved on from each other's lives, but she, she, I wrote a joke about it. I put it up on TikTok. I haven't told this joke in years, but she told me, she was like, you've really ruined, like you've ruined me. Cause I used to talk about shitting your pants on stage quite a bit. I might bring it back. That TikTok video has like 11,000 views and a lot of comments. I'm like, people love this shit. Literally. Um, but she's like, you've like ruined me. Like before you told that joke, I like never, I've, I had never shit my pants before. And now that you, now that I know that it's like super common, she's like, I, I do it all the time. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, I poop my pants all the time. And I'm like, she goes, before you told that joke, I thought 
you know, I would never gamble it. I would just, you know, like do, you know, not fart. If I thought there could be something else, I would just wait till I got home. Now I'm just like, yeah, if everyone's pooping their pants, I'll just, we'll see what happens. And she's like, I've been pooping my pants a ton. I was like, what? She goes, it's fine. Most of the time it's like a one or quote, one or two Taco Bell napkin situation in like an Albertsons parking lot. I was horrified. I was like, how is this my fault? No one, nowhere in any of my joke. I was like, shit your pants. Everyone's doing it. And she goes, she goes, yeah, the other day I was like at a party. This is so fucking gross. And I think about this twice a week. She, and I haven't talked to this woman in years. And she's like, I was at a party. I was talking to this dude or not dude. I was just talking to someone, right? Whatever. She's talking to someone and she's like, and I, and you know, I, I, I fart and it, and I, I don't think much of it. And it's not loud. It's whatever. And she's like, and I felt something like a few minutes later, I felt something weird in my underwear and she's like I thought it was just like my underwear bunching so I just like she had like a you know like a romper or something on where it was easily so she just reaches behind and she pulls out whatever it is thinking it was part of her underwear and she and she still she's like I'm so immersed I mean everything I'm telling you this is this is uh, this is how no one's brain works. But she's like, I'm so immersed in like the conversation the person's saying that I'm not even paying attention. And now I'm like playing with whatever was in my underwear. Like, what did you think was in your underwear? And she's like, I'm playing with it. And it's kind of smelling. And then I look down and it's like a single turd that I pulled out of my own underwear. And I was playing with it. And when I noticed it was a turd, I just like chucked it across the room. And then I went and washed my hands. And you were the first person I'm telling this to. And I'm like, what? Like, and now these two stories have led me to believe, like, how many times have we just been in a room where someone has just idly pooped their pants and then dropped it on the ground and moved about their lives? Fucking wild, man. Oh, that's your poop scoop. If you have your own story, I've been reading them on TikTok. So, uh, and on here. So send them to me, kimcrawlspace at gmail.com, K Y M K R A L S P A C E at gmail.com. I will either read them aloud or you can put them on a voice memo and then I will put them on here. I might put them to music. We'll see. Anything can go, right? I'm so excited. So uh, please send that to me. I got my first TikTok one that I read last week and it made my whole fucking day. So please send me your poop stories. I love them so much. I feel like it's what unites us. Um, Everyone has an embarrassing poop story. It's it's my favorite thing. Okay. Uh, that's the episode, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Always. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, the normal stuff. I have a Patreon. If you want to join it, it's patreon.com slash Kim Crawl. You get a couple bonus episodes a month. I started... E- I'm... I'm, I'm uh, interviewing a comedian and maybe an artist, uh, uh, like an actor outside of this, but I'm going to start doing comedians first and then we'll go on to other people. We'll see where we're at, but I'm just going to, I'm started to interview someone in a crawling up thing, you know, as I used to do at the beginning of the podcast. And then I have Jeff May's bonus episode. So we have a couple bonus episodes. You get uh, the podcast early when it's ready to be released. Um, you'll get a download of my book when that's ready, which it hopefully will be very soon. It's tedious, but I'm working on it. Um, you know, and a bunch of other stuff. So if you want to join it, that would be really awesome. If you don't want to, that's totally fine. I love that you're listening here. Uh, and you know, email me, like I said, um, I'm not a doctor obviously, but I do have resources. So if you are feeling like anything that I have described in this episode, um, reach out, you're not alone. You're not alone. It's really tough being a human. And, and I have dealt with that side of it many for a long, long, most of my life, most of my life, I did not want to be here. And so you're not alone. And 
if I can send you some stuff that helped me and it helps you, then fucking awesome. Or if you just want to send something that lets me know that you're down too, or you've been down, you know, that's the thing that like, we all think we're so terminally unique. You know, we all think we're terminally unique and it isolates us and we're not, you know, so many people have been there and so many people don't want to be here a lot of the time, but I'm happy you're here. Send me an email. Um, I also just love them. So thank you for listening. I think that's the episode. I will talk to you guys next week. Be kind, be safe. Bye. Cross space, cross space. I don't care, cross.